This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Joy! I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. Joy and double joy! We talking about Twitter. Triple joy! Think of how stupid the average person is and then realize half of them are stupider than that. We mock ourselves. We want to unleash hell here to be somewhere. No, uh, that was the wrong button, but. <laughs> Welcome to June Bloom. <laughs> June, great. April flowers bring May flowers. April showers bring May flowers. June, I don't know. Is there, what do they say about June? I, I think they just say gloom because it rhymes. It's actually very sunny out. Oh, is it? Well, I mean, it was. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm huddled up uh, <laughs> in a hoodie back here in my cave like I'm guarding Kenny's playbook. <laughs> it's never too early to unleash hell. No, that's true. It's, it's, all, it's December somewhere, right? <laughs> Bottoms up. It's what Jen's talking about. The conversation about the Steelers conversation. I'm Kyle Kreis. I'm here with Greg Benevent. Hello. You know, Chuck Knoll said, if you want to win, you got to do the ordinary things better than anyone else does them. Mm-hmm. And Mike Tomlin said, if you want unique results... You better be willing to do unique things. Mm -hmm. So here we are. We're trying to be extraordinary and unique. Yes. Uniquely ordinary or making the unique ordinary. uh, I don't see those two statements in conflict with each other. You're exactly right. Okay. Well, (laughs) let's get to the takes. Hmm. Starting with, let's do a little batting practice with... uh, Con season, rock around the clock, con season, 24-7-365. Mm. Um, or it's also a little hindsight. Mm. Start with the, uh, this isn't a tweet. This is, what do we have a, oh, we don't have an Instagram sound. We'll, we'll give it the Reddit sound because I saw this on, I saw this on Reddit, but mm. attrib- uh, proper attribution to Arthur Molette underscore being loyal will leave a sour taste in your mouth. You got to get what you can from these MFs because they don't have no loyalty in this business. They pay who they want to pay and slave who they want to slave. Weird ish ain't football. Ish is a popularity contest. 
some sour grapes yes. from Arthur Molet. Mm-hmm. The, um, you know, what's this? It's like, obviously, they brought in some big names. Pat Peterson, mm-hmm. Joey Porter Jr., Corey Trice, no mm-hmm. names, no gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Um, if the expectation for Molet was that he thought he might get an extension this year, and then all that happened. You know, is it sour grapes or is he being unprofessional? Uh, I mean, I, I one being loyal will leave a sour taste in your mouth is is almost Shakespearean. I mean, that that's a great <laughs> phrase and that's something that I'm going to take with me. Two, I, I see. I, I maybe I'm looking at it too much of like a positional level because I felt what really kind of did Mallet in is is the, the bringing in the other slot guys. I mean, it's Mallet wasn't really competing with uh, Joey Porter Jr. just because we know last year he wasn't competing with you know Levi Wallace, nor was he competing with Will Witherspoon. It was you know I I, I could see from Mallet's standpoint, and boy, I hope we aren't talking about this later in the season, being bitter about the other guy from the. Vikings that isn't Pat Peterson, the guy that maybe didn't have the best season that looks like he's got the inside track to be the inside guy. I don't even know how to say his name yet. Shondon? Shandon? Shondon? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because that looks like he's going to be the guy, and I don't know if he's going to be any better than Mollette. You know, everyone, uh, a lot of the comments were, oh, he was horrible in past coverage, but that wasn't what his role was. You know, he was doing things that he wasn't necessarily being asked to do uh, initially right he was asked he was doing things that he would was not asked about during the job interview <laughs> before he signed which is what i think is a lot how can that not be a lot of the subtext of being loyal will leave a sour taste in your mouth i work to do something that i'm not naturally good at for these guys i didn't look great doing it and then they let me go so can i mean you know can they, can he have a point or is it is he just in bad form? I think he has a point. Yeah. I think, and and and, and I, I don't see this, and maybe maybe my standards have gotten too low, and maybe also the fact I like Arthur Burlett is that I, I don't see this as, you know, a big screaming tantrum throwdown. I see this as, maybe it's because I'm getting older, uh, a frustrated man uh, venting his frustrations. I don't see this as a condemnation. I see this as a sad case of both sides acting in what they thought were their best interests. It doesn't change how I feel about him. You know, no. he was part of the he was part of the heart and soul, you know, I would say along with like Cam Sutton and and uh, probably Joe Hayden before him, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so you you lose part of that Marcus Allen. You lose part of that uh, aspect of the locker room, and he, you know what he was, what he could do in the run. And he did have a good big third down stop at the end of the season. He wasn't the he wasn't the worst slot cornerback. It's entirely possible that guy from the Vikings that get in is worse. I mean, it's and I was just as you were talking, I was remembering times from last year. I want to I forget if it was after I think it was after the the Bills game where he was like the one guy that was like willing to stand up in the locker room, and be like you know, and really be like, hey, this sucks. We yeah, were no terrible. dancing, no dancing yeah. in a, in a in a blowout or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well let's uh let's flip to offense at Pro Football Talk. Pro Football Talk. The details of the Mitch Trubisky extension suggest he accepted it in the face of a not so subtle message that he could be cut if he didn't. Here's the actual quote. Quote, as the source put it, it appears it appears Trubisky accepted the two extra years to avoid being cut before making eight million in twenty twenty three. So uh, did someone, you know, bring him in, uh, you know, put the hood over his head, bring him into the room and say, "Okay, you want to make this eight mil this year? Then you got to stick around for two more. 
<laughs> was it mutual or is he, was he under the gun? Uh, I, I, I wonder if it, it appears. I mean, there's so many weasel words in this. As the source put it, it appears. It, okay, to avoid. Yeah. It does. So there's a lot of different things. But I, 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 I think this isn't the craziest thing to think just because, you know, again, we can't 100% predict the future. But as we just talked about last week, past results uh, showed a future and all that or something. So I think a lot of guys who are in a similar position as Trubisky, where you're a backup quarterback for what a year from now might be a very established starting quarterback. And they're thinking, ooh, we could save $8 million by getting someone else to stand on that clipboard and maybe start a game or two. Maybe that's a place where we can save money to go fix whatever the need is we have next year. So I think they looked at maybe other guys who were in a similar position, looked at Trubisky's deal, and tried to put two and two together, even if they were in shadow. You mean what would the what would the, what's the backup option if it's if the, if not Mitch? It was it was that game we played where you brought out the little buzzer thing and I had to go through the thing <laughs> and I had to seriously consider Teddy Bridgewater. So that in and of itself was worth eight million dollars of money. I don't have to avoid that. Uh, well, there, maybe there's another option. How about at underscore Chuck underscore Yinzer? Wonder if the Steelers could rob the Raiders and trade them Mason Rudolph for an overpay return if they're desperate enough. Don't want to lose him with the new QB rule, but everything is for sale for the right price. It's still trying to get rid of Mason. Raiders have a, is it a question mark? Because their their guy just had surgery. Yeah, I think it's that, uh, uh, yeah, is it, did Jimmy G still is 100%, no matter how many, you know, smiling photos he takes in the middle of that big stadium. It. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. I, I mean, I, I, you know, it's. It, I'm only interested in this trade as if uh, 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 you could uh, chase Claypool them and get something that's like way over <laughs> what someone else might initially think. I mean, having you know maybe the best third string quarterback in the NFL is not nothing. But uh, and I, I could see it certainly be willing to trade that for the right price. But I mean, if that happens, then again, then you seriously are looking at like I don't even know who's still out there to come in as the third guy. I mean, it's I don't know if it would be that weird bald kid from Minnesota, but um, but yeah, you if the Raiders you, are willing to overpay, then I could see doing that. You but, wouldn't call up Joey Joey Flacco. For- I, I mean, one if, last if run. he wants to do it, I mean, it's as a third guy. Again, having, you know, having multiple experienced older quarterbacks ahead of Kenny isn't the worst thing. I mean, not that Flack, anyone ever says, like, wow, Flacco's really a leader. But, you know, having a guy with real Super Bowl experience couldn't hurt. But, uh, but yeah, the Raiders would have to really pay for that. And they'd have to say that they really pay. And it's Raiders, so they might. I mean, that's not – I can't roll that out entirely. <laughs> that's a joke to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that would be, be a fun ending, I guess, for that uh, saga. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, well, how about uh, let's take a little trip down memory lane. Yesterday is a hard word for me. Because uh, <laughs> it looks like back in the news mm-hmm. – from at Blitzburg, Blitzburg, Le'Veon Bell on retiring as a Steeler. Pittsburgh is where I'll retire. You know what I'm saying? That's just it because I've already been other places. It's not Pittsburgh. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, he's back. He's ready to retire as a Steeler. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is the? I mean, can you do that? Can you do that now? I don't know. How does that? How does all this? Re- I think it's that that sign a one day contract thing, just like like uh, uh, Hayden did with the Browns. But um, but I mean, it's this. this I mean, like. 
it's the Steelers, so they'll most likely do it. But there's part of me that's this is the first one I've ever had one of these before we get to the great AB debate years down the line, where where I've been like, I can't say like I'm a hundred percent sure they'll say yes. I'm like ninety five percent sure they'll say yes. But you know, this is the first one where like, what do you, what what is this the first guy to ever get turned down for this? They wouldn't do that, <laughs> not for Bell. He had too many good years. I mean, can anyone do, to just do it? Like if. Uh... I don't know, you know, if if uh, if Derek Watt wanted to retire as a Steeler, could I? Yeah, mean, if- I, I think if I, I mean the Steelers are pretty good about the alumni as much as any team, as far as we know. I think if you played for the team and you want to retire for a day, I think you get that. That doesn't mean you'll necessarily get, you know, the letter of recommendation from Kevin Colbert pushing your boarding school or whatever that was that Robert <laughs> Golden got. But like, I think they'll more or less let you do this. Will you know? Is, is can Kristen Kurtz retire as a as a Stealer? I, I think so. I mean, I I, I I I I'm not sure. You know, if you weren't a star athlete, you're necessarily all that interested in that. I think you might be like, "Hey, I've retired because I'm not getting another job." Like, I don't know, but it's it's. But if you have like, that connection to a team, I think I think they'll let you do duck? it. Well, duck will <laughs> retired. Duck is retired. Well, I mean, but or like Duck went to camp with the Rams, right? Like, I don't yeah, know, if Duck yeah. can retire a Ram. I mean, I guess maybe they'd let him. I don't know. Duck seems like a personable chap, but. Um, well, someone who's not letting him retire a Steeler, mm-hmm. user 16 beats a one on Reddit. His bad decision making cost fans years of enjoyment and a lot of Steelers wins. Is that his ultimate legacy? Is it like, oh yeah, he was the guy who tried to hold out and didn't work out. I mean, it's it's it it is a, like a real like turning point in terms of contracts in the league. Because the interesting thing is, as as much as his holdout didn't work for him, it was right from the standpoint of, wow, running backs really are devalued. And then that just kind of kept going. Like, that point, he was 100% correct about that. It, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you have it written on here, but the thing is, when he came out in this podcast, and it's, and by the way, we should have, so if we could get Le'Veon on here, this would be an absolute hoop. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it, um, but he, he basically said like, oh yeah, before the games, we'd get stoned, we would get very high, and everyone was like, oh, that's okay. Da, da, da. The only thing I thought of when I wondered about that is like, man, does that explain showing up basically late to that last game against the Jags in the playoffs? Because oh, remember, that what he happened? shows up like right at kickoff. Like, and that's why he doesn't play the first two series. And look, I mean, it wasn't Le'Veon's fault that, you know, uh, uh, the defense couldn't stop Blake Bortles. That wasn't on Le'Veon. But not, I mean, but it's, you know, I wondered if, man, I wonder if that's where things really oh. came to a head in that. Because, I mean, that's, I could see maybe that be one, the game where, hey, maybe you're not taking it all that seriously. You're a big favorite at home. Maybe you have that extra joint, you know. Everybody else gets a little tight, right? He yeah. was a little uh, loose. I, you know, I, I before you said that, I was going to say, eh, it doesn't really bother me too much, because right? It didn't either until I thought of that. By the time you do like warm ups <laughs> mm-hmm. and all that pre, it's like okay, yes. so like an hour and a half or so, two hours has passed, um, whatever. But you know, if you when you put it like that, that's just that, see, I hadn't. Th- it took me like a while to think of that, and then that hit me all at once. Is that why he showed up right at kickoff? Is that why you know Tomlin sits him for? Was it the first two series? Was it the th- third? series i feel like it wasn't the first quarter because i feel like he makes some kind of play when they're down 21 nothing to keep one of those drives going i somewhat resent that Mm. yeah i do resent talking about the killer b years Mm -hmm. um okay wait let's get to at adam crowley adam crowley does Le'Veon bell belong in the steelers hall of honor 78.9 percent no 21.1 percent yes 
Uh, certainly not Hall of Honor this year. We no. got a lot of names to get to get through. And that, and the, the second part of exactly what there is. I mean, if if a decade from now we've cleared out all the names, then absolutely you can put Le'Veon in. And maybe Le'Veon's a guy who changes his image around. I mean, I I I, I mean, people may forget. You know, the most hated teammate on his team at the time was Santonio Holmes. Everyone couldn't stand the guy, and now he's you know he's a friendly, smiley, changes personality, does a lot of wonderful things. He's the prince of a dude. And Le'Veon is certainly smart enough and clever enough and has enough of his life ahead of him to make similar changes. So maybe 10 years from now, we look at that uh, very differently. But there's, boy, there's a lot of guys to get to before the we get to Le'Veon. The crop. Yeah, the cream. <laughs> well, let's see where he ranks among the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Opening day NFL ask, where does Le'Veon Bell rank among Steelers' all-time greats at running back? Okay, mm-hmm. so there's the 10,000-yard club, obviously mm-hmm. Franco, Buss. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now, so who's next after that? You know, you've got someone like, uh, okay, so, you know, Willie Parker, mm-hmm. who has 5,300 yards, 24 touchdowns, two Pro Bowls. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not too much different than Le'Veon Bell, 5,300 right. yards, 35 touchdowns, three Pro Bowls, two mm-hmm. all pros, you yes. know? Mm-hmm. So who, you know, who do you think is number three or is there another name? Is there, you know, would you go off the board? No, I, I, I think, um, you know, uh, uh, Parker gets uh, the nod just for more games. And, um, you know, that Super Bowl uh, 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 certainly helps. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's Bell is, you know, uh, uh, like and I think even just as like kind of like a smell test, the eye test. Uh, God help us all. Like when you looked at Franco, I wasn't around for it but i imagine it was easy to look at this is probably the best running back in the league when you looked at the bus in his prime you were thought this is the best running back in the league there were years with bell where you looked at it and said this is the best running oh, back yeah. in the league yeah that's so. uh yeah mm-hmm. um one more thing on the history tip how about at steelers news now steelers fans Touchdown Wire, this is USA Today, Touchdown Wire calls Steelers' 72 playoff run the most fun without a Super Bowl. Uh, Interesting metric, the most fun without a Super Bowl. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, okay, 72, obviously the immaculate reception, but I can think of... 76 which was like supposed to be the best defense of all time mm-hmm. uh 89 which was they started 0 and 2 and and went to the divisional round and no one ever started a harder 0 and 2 than the 89 team uh 95 the uh obviously the super bowl 30 year that had mm-hmm. that was fun How yes, would, you know that was uh and even then even modern like 2010 and 2015 you know the other the other uh super bowl losing year. i mean i i, I certainly see your point uh, the only thing i can wonder and i certainly can't uh, uh know the the determining process from the good folks at whatever td wire is is that maybe it's usa today oh, okay well maybe they're looking at it as teams that didn't actually get to a super bowl which would eliminate 95 oh, with, with, without and 10. a Super Bowl appearance. May, I mean, okay. that's what I was thinking too. And, and right, the other to thing, eliminate those. Then. I mean, maybe. <laughs> but the only other thing I can think is that if if they're thinking it most fun, I can see that from the standpoint of 
I mean, the Steelers were the worst team in what any sport, the way they talk about it. It's essentially, you know, the opening 20 minutes of uh, Major League just in football uh, uh, up until the 72 season. And this is the first time that anyone cares going into that game. So I can see it being the most fun. It's like, hey, where did these guys come from? And I mean, just speaking for my own life that I was around for 95 had a lot of that because it was, you know, like, hey, this got so close a year ago. But then again, that's just it. Maybe that makes it not so much fun because that entire season we're thinking like, okay, this all comes down to the AFC championship (laughs) game and they have to be there. So maybe that wipes it out for being the most fun just off of that. um, Well, if you're looking for the most fun time travel trip, I've already decided there's a weekend in 76 where you can see the 76 Steelers uh-huh. it's November and then like the day before there's like a Springsteen concert also at Three Rivers oh, so wow. you know if you only got a weekend in a time machine right and you're looking for a fun time I highly recommend uh, November 76 oh uh, yeah you, you exactly you can fix the past later like have a good weekend <laughs> at Three River at the confluence uh, you know if you only it's like I don't know if you're ever in that situation uh, <laughs> Should we go to break or should we let's you know let's get let's have some fun right okay. let's uh you know it's it's all been it's all been serious how about <laughs> oh man there's so many stupid buttons how about <laughs> all right heads up buckaroos we can still blame canada mm-hmm. for many things including this tweet <laughs> At Steel Curtain, Steel Curtain, the one and only thing that can derail the Steelers' 2023 season, it would be Canada's inability to find a way to get the playmakers involved in the offense. Ah, if only Canada could read this now, and then he would be able to figure it out before August. Why isn't Canada getting the playmakers involved in the offense? Oh, why isn't he doing it here in the, in the depths of June gloom? At, um, I, I, I mean, that, that in a weird way, this is a bizarrely optimistic tweet because, wow, is that nowhere near the one and only thing that can derail the Steelers' twenty? Nothing can stop season. us now except our kryptonite, and right. he's running the offense. Oh, man. I mean, it's just there's so, so many things that can go wrong. At, uh, even if, and like it just hit me now, one of the things that can go wrong is that, like, you know, the 13 new guys take a minute to acclimate to the team and cause it to gel i mean that can be a thing that can throw it off too there are so many things that can do i wish canada's inability right yeah i wish canada's uh inability to find a way to get the playmakers involved in the offense was the only way this could go wrong all right how about well this is uh how about this at trib sports tribune review sports Steelers players say critical offense approach has totally changed from last year. Here's the quote from George Pickens. From a game plan standpoint from last year, it's totally changed. First down is more critical this year. It sets up go balls, posts. That's one of the things we've been talking about in meetings, too. The first initial down is probably the most important down. This year, it's different. First down is different. We've been, we've been worried about probably, what, third and fourth we're always worried about the situational ball well it's always first down somewhere it's always first down somewhere and they did a and they were really and they were almost too good on third down in the second half of the season <laughs> that there's nowhere to go to, but down from that i mean in a weird way this this isn't at all critical of Canada because this is kind of what has to happen. The offensive approach has totally changed from last year. Yes, the second-year player is telling you this has changed from last year. Why? Because he's been in Pittsburgh for like a month when he got the playbook <laughs> last year. What they 
told him had better have changed. It's It has to be something that's totally changed because, yes, because now you're in a position to do more of it. It's funny because he even expressly says here it sets up go balls and posts. Weren't they, Isn't that what everyone yelled about all late last season and all through the, the, um, the offseason so far is that when you looked at the route tree for, uh, 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 you know, George Pickens, it was all Christmas trees. It was all just straight that way. Like it's no so, posts. Yeah, right. So there were so he's even telling you like, hey, they're telling me other things to do. I love it. First, look, look out. First down. That's the insider tip. <laughs> first down this year. Uh, I guess. Okay, let's get to the second half. Coming up in the second half, you know this. Uh, I, I know. I know it's a little bit old news. Kenny's car getting stolen, but the the of course the media isn't telling you the whole story. So I did a little private investigation. It's time that we turn this into a true crime podcast. So, uh, you know, if you from the if you heard of cereal, we're we're gonna bring you Steelerial. It's the second half of what Jin's talking about. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I mixed up halfway. At first, I was going to start off like something goofy, and then I was like, "No, I'm going to make it Poltergeist." It was a fail. Well, I mean, it's it's our. And remember, the last two Poltergeist movies were very goofy. Yeah, what one was in the high rise? The third one's in the high rise with Tom Skerritt. The second one's when they go out to like the desert house, and the ghost comes out of Coach's mouth. Like, and uh, the first one is uh, all time cold class. Yeah, all Mm. time. And then, Mm. but I I might want to revisit the high rise one. That's kind of spooky now. Well, because a lot of people died at real life after they filmed it. It's one of those cursed films. Not that we need to get into this now, but yes, it's one of those. A lot of tragic stories from that third movie. Okay, well, uh, QB (laughs) one is in the news. That's right. Oh my God! Groomed. They're grooming Kenny. <laughs> Let's get to the tweets. <laughs> At Kyle Beagle, Kyle Beagle. Bleacher Report projects modest stats for Kenny Pickett's 2023 season. 3,600 yards, 22 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Uh, you know, that sounds- I was going to say, that sounds a little north of modest. That sounds like the Steelers are competing for the division crown if they're putting up those numbers and they're not uh, 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 racked with injuries. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Plus, that doesn't even tell you what the, what the rushing. I think they gave him another four rushing touchdowns okay, as well. So then, Yeah. Okay. More than double the touchdowns to interceptions in a second season. I think we'd take that. Yeah. I don't think Ben threw for 3,600 yards until... Uh, later on i don't know yeah hey siri i don't know i don't know <laughs> should have pulled that one up no. um how about at adam shine adam shine 
Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett is one of the top bandwagons to jump on ahead of the 2023 season. A new metric, bandwagon, no one has a bigger bandwagon than Kenny Pickett. It seems to be that way so far. I mean, I saw, uh, uh, I don't know if it was a meme or I don't know if it was a graph or whatever unholy combination of the two, but they had like, you know, quarterbacks to take the next leap and it was Kenny and it said most likely it was Purdy. It said, was there anywhere to go? It was that Hal kid from the command and it said probably not and it showed Malik Willis and it said no chance oh. and that felt and that made me feel sad like I mean that's that seems mean for a meme that's being shared or whatever but uh but yeah I mean it's I can see I mean the Steelers quarterback had a I, I'm kind of surprised that like uh, someone's going to bring up like the bandwagon meter between now and August and it's going to be really infuriating but it seems like if there was a, a bandwagon that people were sleeping on it was Kenny because again the second half of the season was very good and that seems like if you were looking for a bandwagon to leap on here in you know uh, uh, around uh, the end of the high school school year it, um this would be a time to do so his bandwagon is one of those uh, big double buses is from the UK. That yes. You see. Oh, yeah, there's two levels, for, and there's like a dude, you know, plenty of. It's like here's mm-hmm. the picket band would be. And then, and then meanwhile, it's like yeah, here's the uh, here's the who's the Hal? Here's the Hal yeah, bandwagon. And it's, it's like, like a Subaru. Yeah, or, something. or it's yeah. one of the, like a Mini Cooper. Like it's if we're sticking with the British thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very good. Oh. Very good. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Uh, and, okay. And then of course the, Kenny's big story i don't know you know i don't think it was i don't think it was big enough i think that they didn't get the attention that it deserved but of course it brought out a ton of bad jokes let's get to the worst of the kenny car thief jokes at blitzburg blitzburg can report kenny pickett's car thief opened up the steelers playbook and saw a hundred pages of jet sweeps and gently put it back, saying, Mad Canada sucks. That's a lot of words to get to, get to that punchline. Um, Mike Up Sports 1, Mike Nicastro. Police are searching for a man said to have stolen Kenny Pickett's playbook. Man is 5'10", roughly 250 pounds, wearing an overgrown sweatshirt hoodie. Police have released this sketch. It was a pic of Belichick. Oh, I'll give Gavin that. That's kind of cute. Is he really 250 pounds? Is he? If I'm 10, 250, I'm, well, you know, I'm I mean, six... I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I, that's just, that just. I've got that, uh, I guess I've got that Belichick bod. Well, no, I mean, it just, I mean, I, I can't tell the guy's wearing a hoodie, regardless of context. When do you ever see him in, like, even a polo shirt? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not at the pickleball court. <laughs> at Lukiao, 1992, Matthew Luciao. Kenny Pickett knowing he left Matt Canada's playbook in his car. And then it was that scene from Seinfeld where uh, Kramer's jacket stinks up the car. So so oh, Seinfeld, yeah. just Jerry, just gives it to some guy on the street. <laughs> I right. remember that. I'll give him credit for the reference. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a solid Seinfeld reference, yes. Mm-hmm. If you like, if you think that reference isn't old enough, at TJ Garrow, Tim Garrow, this would be ideal for Canada's offense, and it's a pick of an etch a sketch. Etch a sketch, yeah. Um, if you knew how to use those etch a sketch, that's a pretty good skill. I never had. Those. Oh, I, I could never figure it out either. That's what, they see they do them in horror movies now. Like the ghost gets control of it, and it's like, wow, the ghost oh, is better at that than I was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. The ghost. Be, if you died before the '80s, you have no idea how right, yeah, the ghost I, can't use an etch a sketch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I never thought of it like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at Eric Zeman one Eric Zeman. The thief didn't know it was a playbook because it only had two pieces of paper folded up. <laughs> uh, all right. Vincent Price enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dark laugh. <laughs> and this is actually my favorite. That was mine, too. At SUNY Raw's J. Christ, not that one. The guy who stole the car is just like Kenny Pickett. He had barely one good drive. <laughs> Why does it take so long to laugh? That's a good play on words. I mean, that's just smart word play. Yeah, I mean, Kenny, we know Kenny didn't. He had technically a many, a couple good drives, at least two. Right. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I like that. The, um, the play on words is clever. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I can I make a joke that's not about Mad Canada, please? All these, you know. So my joke was, uh, yeah, the playbook just said two things. Pick him up and put him down. <laughs> Why did he pick him up and put him down? All right. So much for... Uh... Well, I just remember you and I talked about this on Saturday, and you were like, how can this happen? And my theory was that, you know, Kenny either parks at home where he's secure, or he parks at the Steelers' practice where he's secure. And this was the one time you told me he was, like, at some auto dealership. So when he's always used to security and there being security around, he simply throws his keys in the car and then leaves it that way. And there was the one one of the rare times he's somewhere other than that, and someone took advantage. Oh, yeah, I've been thinking way too much about this. You know, for the past week, I spent every working day trying to figure out where a second-year quarterback was for an hour. This is a Global Tell Link prepaid call from Myron Cope on Sports. <laughs> an inmate at Yinzer Correctional Facility. That's right, from what Yin's talking about in WASP in Brownsville, PA. It's Steelerial. <laughs> Did you listen to Serial? Uh, I, I lied about it for a few years. I knew enough in context clues to get my way through it. It was it was a genuine phenomenon when it hit, though. They got that kid out of jail, right? Um, I I think he's back in now. Oh, okay. Actually, well, I think they brought. I think they overturned the overturn. I okay. think. Okay, I, I thought something like that might have happened, but man, for a moment they were riding high on the culture. Let me tell you about uh, all the questions that weren't answered in this Kenny Pickett car thief thing, you know, because there's a lot of misinformation and unreported information. And there's, you know, there's known knowns, there's unknown knowns, and there's unknown unknowns. And known unknowns. Known unknowns. Known unknowns. That's what Rumsfeld originally said. And and unknown unknowns. Mm -hmm. Is that, I think we, and and knowns. Let's talk about what we know, because this was got reported wrong. Okay, so what was stolen was a 2023 blue Genesis GV70 SUV. Okay, this mm. is not a Hyundai. You know, it was mm. like you know, Hyundai is the parent company. That's like saying what they drive on Fast and Furious is you know like a Mitsubishi or I something. See. Okay. You know, you have to specifically say it's a Genesis, the, which is also hilarious as the name of a car to someone of our generation. But. And you know, this is a seventy-eight thousand dollar vehicle. Okay. okay, this is not you know this is not some Hyundai or okay. whatever. Okay, gotcha. And you know he's had and this happened at Bowser okay. over in um, Monroeville. Okay, 
who he's had Kenny's had to deal with them since 2021 when oh, he was still at Pitt. Pitt. Okay. That that year they gave him a GMC Sierra pickup. Ah, because we're definitely on the lines of that uh, name image license stuff there. Uh... <laughs> so I don't know if he gets a new one every year or, you know, if he just it's like, you know, it's time to grow up past the pickup and I, I guess into a, and get a Genesis SUV. A luxury. I mean, this thing, you know, it doesn't look like an SUV. It's uh it's more closer to one of those crossover looks, I see. but it's, you know, it looks nice. Genesis does what Sierra don't. <laughs> yeah, something like that. About the power of Bowser there. <laughs> so, okay. So, Bowser is about, it takes about 22 minutes to get from Acreshore to Bowser. And if you remember from my conversation with Alfonso Graham, uh-huh. pa- sounds like practice ends at 2 p.m. Okay. Okay. So, not uh, rush hour. Not exactly, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, uh, so he can't get over to Bowser until let's say you know two thirty. Oh yeah, you got a shower, you get dressed, you go over. Yeah, you know, not just jump in a car. And you know WPXI, the report, the, the reporting was that, that he was there advertising. I don't know if I think it's a little bit more, um, more. There's, I think there's more detail than that. He was being interviewed by the fan over okay. there, the PM team, Pony and Chris Muller, mm-hmm. and. The fan now has a Bowser studio. Uh, they wow. built a studio out there. Bowser, you know, is okay. giving everyone car. I don't know what Pony drives. But, okay. Um, uh, so they've got a studio out there. They were broadcasting that day since 9.30 a.m. You think fans would be out there and it would be like a scene. Unless they lock off the studio part. But then again, why is Bowser doing this? Which is a question I have for this whole thing anyway. Is this bringing in enough business? You know, you just uh, want to be the official face of the Steelers, right? I guess. I mean, we're talking about them. How many Pittsburgh area car dealerships have you and I discussed on this show? Uh, Century 3 Chevrolet. Uh-huh. <laughs> the power of Bowser. Right, exactly. When it's something like this occurs. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, so they've got this they've got this broadcast studio out there. You think there would be people, where are the fan picks? No not publicized. No fan picks, no crowds. So completely empty. It's not like this guy could just blend into the crowd and okay. steal his car, you know? So it's it's pretty empty. Was it was it even open? Could you go buy a car like if you were just interested in getting the car? Because I have to feel like these whatever however this place is laid out, they're very clearly segmented i would assume between here's the studio here's where you're buying uh, uh a genesis it's like you walk past the studio on your way to oh, okay. the uh you know to but, the lot like oh let me go take a look at some of these oh, uh sierras you okay. know wow that's weird okay right huh. okay, and so christopher mm-hmm. christopher carter the suspect mm-hmm. um he rolls he's 60 years old he lives in murraysville just about two miles you know away right okay so he arrives at one o'clock mm-hmm um, so Kenny can't be there yet because he doesn't get out right. for another, you know? He's still practicing. And this guy hangs out there and is just kind of milling around until 3.20. 3.20 is the time that cameras have him rolling out with the car. Wow, that's a lot. I mean, I, 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 it's been a minute since I bought a car, but if I'm on the lot for two and a half hours, I've bought a car. Someone is uh, approaching you, has yeah. recognized you, you know. You've had a conversation with somebody. You're not just standing there looking at cars for two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Um, yeah, no crowd, you know, no mm-hmm. crowd. There's mm-hmm. a, this isn't a public event. So, right. um, so you know, Kenny must arrive mm-hmm. while he is still... Well, the, the, while the guy is still there, the suspect is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the police get the call from Bowser just after 4 p.m. Kenny goes on the air at 4 p.m. That's when they, re at the same time. So, but if you listen to, I listen to way too much fan coverage okay. to see if they even bring it up. Nobody brings it up. I don't know if it's wow. pending legal investigation, blah, okay. blah, blah. But nobody even mentions, yeah, hey, we were there when Kenny's car got swiped or something. Huh. So no one brings it up. He doesn't bring it up in the interview. So I don't even know if he realizes the car has been stolen well, at that Well, I point. mean, that could speak to Kenny's professionalism. Here's a guy, you want to talk about staying cool under fire. Here's a guy that's <laughs> going to do an hour of radio and not bring up like, hey, I think my car got stolen. <laughs> I'd be the first thing I would say. Yeah, it would like, be the first you know, thing, yes. How you doing, uh, How you doing, Kenny? I don't know. You know, I just got here and I think my car got uh, I, I, swiped. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was having a fine day at practice. Anyway, I think my car got stolen? That seems like that would something. Yeah, I mean, that's, what I said. that's a true pro that, that doesn't bring up what seems to be the, the elephant in the room or not in the room, as it were. Well, the fan tweeted, and I'm just like, how did this even happen? Because this didn't, it's not like these uh, Genesis SUVs have a lock uh, key with a lock and all that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all remote starter. And I'm just, so I'm just like, how did that happen? Does he just leave it in the car, walk into the studio and just like it's unlocked there's you know there's see that's what i that's what i kind of told you on saturday that's what i thought i think this is a guy that's just you know he spends most of his time either a at home or b south water street where you don't have to worry about anyone getting into your car so he just leaves his keys in there i mean maybe i just that, that's you know. i mean i just try to find what's it occam's razor that would be my occam's razor pitch for what happened on kenny's part i'm gonna I'll, I'll i'll throw out this is a total speculation but i you know if you look at the video that bowser tweeted and he's wearing these nike gym shorts young shorts um okay uh and there's some it looks like there's something in his pocket and it's like it's the the phone is on the table mm -hmm. and it's too thin to be a wallet, I believe. And I'm like, is that the key fob? Is there, mm -hmm. you know, is it possible that somehow this guy got the car to start with Kenny having the 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 thing in his pocket? Still, I don't know. No, Kenny could also be a guy. Maybe he just carries a couple cards uh, or carries a money roll. Or yeah, money it could clip. be. It could have been a money clip. Yeah, right. that's a I good mean, point. You know, it was um, Jersey man. I mean, that's you know, could be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. So. Uh, at 3.20, mm -hmm. the guy takes off with the car. Okay. Um, the, you know, the, the, they don't call the police until, you know, 40 minutes later. So I don't know if they if they realize what happened at first. But he drives to his home 2.1 miles away. So okay. it's just five minutes away. But you're also, you glossed over the thing. He put his dog in the SUV and drove off. That is what a, na a neighbor does claim that he, so he had his dog with him the whole yeah, time. That, and threw it in this SUV and took off. That's what the neighbor see, that, is saying. Uh, the first thing I thought of that is that, wow, I wonder if this is just maybe somebody to, you know, I don't want to uh, excuse someone's criminal behavior necessarily, but maybe this is somebody who's maybe some mental health struggles. And it's because if I'm stealing a car, if I'm in engaged in this big crime i'm not leading with my dog like i'm not throwing the pup in there and then committing uh, uh grand theft auto well you're not leaving the the pup behind no you're not leaving no the i'm not I, I, maybe that's just it it's an impulse thing it's like wow could, am i gonna steal this car i got my dog here well in for a penny in for a pound I gotta get the dog in. right yeah yeah it's, it looks like you're an accomplice today fido <laughs> so it's at some point all right, he's, the, the house is two miles away, five minutes away. You know, a neighbor says they saw him drive up with his SUV they didn't recognize uh -huh. and drive down the street. Now, at some mm -hmm. point, 
police are called except this now it's murraysville jurisdiction okay. murraysville police are called for a domestic dispute what i don't know what kind of domestic dispute well the neighbor says he got into an argument with someone on the bike trail i'm only assuming that this is who called the cops and yeah. i'm thinking did he take this stolen car and try to drive it down the bike trail to stash it <laughs> i mean that makes more sense than everything i was thinking which is this is somebody who just might have some mental health struggles and they steal a car that isn't theirs and then go on the bike trail and just start yelling at people but i mean but your theory stands to reason too could be somebody that's like wow where am i going to steal this uh maybe i don't want to store it on my driveway 2.1 <laughs> miles away perhaps i know where i i've seen where people don't typically the bike trail <laughs> so as this is happening apparently the dog gets out of the suv and he starts chasing after the dog leaving the stolen car behind yeah the dog had a crisis of conscience here yeah. at which point another neighbor mm-hmm. shows up and says oh let me take this suv back to christopher's driveway returns it to the house where the Murraysville police find it when they show up looking for this, this you know, domestic disturbance. What on a the bike moment trail. for this second neighbor! They're trying to be the good guy, and then they at least had to try and explain this insane situation to the police. No, I didn't steal Kenny Pickett's SUV. I'm just returning it to the driveway of the guy who did. <laughs> and of course, that you know, you got to give it to uh, the local news. They got the eyewitness soundbite from the neighbor what did the neighbor have to say about all this i like him because he's just not going to sit in the pocket get out of the pocket and run a little bit doesn't it has anything to say about the crime he's talking about kenny pickett's performance is that the guy that drove the car back is that who or is this the other neighbor that called uh, uh initially this is not the neighbor who drove the car back this okay. is the neighbor who saw who saw the the dog get out of the car and run away? Okay. It's a, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's there. There are a few houses there. And, and I do want to say that I think you glossed over it here. That, that leans into your theory about maybe this guy did try to store it on the bike trails. That the SUV was scratched up. Which seems like yeah. exactly the kind of thing if you're driving it through some trees that maybe haven't fully bloomed yet down a bike trail where an SUV shouldn't be. It was two miles away from the dealership, which um, which is all it's either highways or four lane roads. Right, or exactly. You know? It's not like oh, we're going to store it near the lake. Like, so I don't know. This week he has his first preliminary hearing. I'd like to hopefully the police report comes out. It wasn't public record at the time, but it, you know the whole the whole story uh, is yet to be. And it's deeply bizarre, just in terms of like it. Just, just all over. All over. Couldn't say, say it better. Oh! The band's on the field. But, you know, happy that the playbook is back and blah, blah, mm-hmm. yada, yada, oh, yada. Yes. You know, hope that uh, hope that Kenny didn't go without a car for too long. I'm no, sure that- it, it seems like he went for it. For, uh, he was without a car for an entire interview with the fan. Yeah. I don't know if that car is drivable anymore. You know, it's like the Seinfeld episode. It might, you know, he might have to just give it up. Well, Bowser will have to give him another car that's there. Apparently, they just do that. That uh, there's another vehicle. Like, and then sell. You know, you could be like, "This was Kenny's stolen car," and then you could probably upsell it for another. Oh, you know. absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's you know, remember Stephen King when he bought that van that hit him? He had to go through so many shadow buyers because he didn't want those people to jack up the price. He had to go through a whole <laughs> bunch of intermediaries. Uh, I need a shadow buyer. Okay, just a couple odds and ends, I think. 
at Steeler Nation, Steeler Nation, Mike Munchak gushes over Steelers. Mike Tomlin wants to return to coaching. Make it happen. The quote from Munchak was, I will always be a Steeler fan after spending my five years here with Coach T. Oh, is it, uh, you know, what is it? Is it, is it like, you know, we want to, what am I trying to say? We I, don't do, know. I don't know. Do we want to give up what we've got to go back to the one we had? Well, or? this Meyer guy seems to have done a good job. I mean, whatever you thought of the team last year, it's, it's the one thing we all agree on, no matter what, is the offensive line got better as the season improved. Meyer did fine. Uh, Munchak is a legend on multiple levels, a Hall of Famer that was an excellent coach. It, uh, I mean, Mike Tomlin's greatest failing in regards to uh, Mike Munchak was uh, he didn't keep uh, Munchak's daughter from getting a job and raising her kid in Denver. Yeah, and then in Denver, didn't uh, I don't think he had the best time there. No, it, I don't think any of them did. And that kind of puts an end to this narrative, says at 44 heavy 44, uh, King Glockley Zaraki. But y'all said coaches hate Tomlin and his leadership. That's why that's why he was leaving. Yeah. Yes, man. What happened to that? Uh, obviously, no one. I don't know. I didn't really think that there was any kind of rift there. No, you know? not at all. I mean, the guy wanted to be close to his daughter and his grandkid. Okay. That's something you deserve to be when you're, again, an NFL Hall of Fame player. Yeah. Who's a highly effective coach at, um, yeah. And the final word goes to at Trib Sports, Tribune Review Sports, defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi purchased a house for his parents. Mm -hmm. I didn't see, I, I, I couldn't see how much it was. It wasn't a Matt Spath uh, realty no. uh, sale. <laughs> so I didn't get to see what, how like much it was or whatnot, but I'm sure it's it's an awesome house. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would like to think after you played for almost the entire AFC North, you can buy your parents a nice house. Yeah, yeah, I would hope before that, but... Um, mm -hmm. Right, yes, that too. Yeah, although I hoped by this point I would have been able to afford to Me buy someone too. a house, but... Yes, like yourself, even before your parents. Myself, I'd like, well, you got a house. You got I, a got, house. I mean, yeah, I do, yeah. but... Mm -hmm. But do I have a home? <laughs> that's what we've been talking about. I suppose that's what we've been talking about. Um... The conversation can continue. It's up to it's up to you. It's certainly not up to me because I'm hardly conversing on social media. But if you have, want to keep it going, please reach out. I'll be there. Like the four seasons, no, the four the four tops. Uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm at Kyle Kreis. Greg, are you somewhere uh, out there? Still on Instagram. I love the Instagram stories. Those are a lot of fun. Uh, at Greg Benavent, B as in boy, E N E V as in Victor, E N T. Even my Instagram stories are boring, and they're made up. They're fiction. True crime. Until next time when we solve the Kenny... I guess it's already solved. And other mysteries. Yeah, we need a new mystery. Next time, it's the Kingdom of the Crystals. Uh, of the Crystal... Middle of June. Yeah. All right, listen to your coach. Be the best selves. That's going to be required. Stay in school.